First Come, First Served by John Madison Morton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personae. Colonel Challenger, read by Larry Wilson. Harry Barton, read by Max Schoening. Basil Royston, read by Thomas Peter. Mrs. Templeton, read by Sonia. Julia Templeton, read by Devorah Allen. Josephine Templeton, read by Elsie Selwyn. Stage Directions, by David Olson. Scene. Mrs. Templeton's Villa at Roehampton. Handsomely furnished apartments, large French window at center, looking on a garden. Doors, right hand and left hand at right hand a table on which is an open album at left centre another table covered with papers etc table sofa chairs etc enter mrs templeton at centre followed by colonel challenger cousin martha you are wrong 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 a thousand times wrong cousin samuel i'm right 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 Ten thousand times right. Obstinate old woman. Pig-headed old man. What possible reason can you have for setting your face against Josephine getting married? It's downright tyranny. Call yourself aunt indeed. My reason is a very simple one. Her elder sister Julia must find a husband first. First come, first served, eh? really my dear martha i must say that for a sensible woman you are by many degrees the most prejudiced and most self-willed the most of course i am but you know very well that when i once do make up my mind to anything you stick to it like a fly to a catch em alive oh i don't choose that julia should suffer what i did i had a sister dorothy jane four years my junior who married before i did do you think that was pleasant who supplied me with a sprinkling of nephews and nieces before i had a husband do you think that was pleasant who gave garden parties balls concerts to which all the world flocked and surrounded her with flattery adulation while i was neglected extinguished regularly snuffed out do you think that was pleasant well it is this humiliation that i am determined to spare julia well you didn't lose much by waiting i'm sure tom templeton was as good a creature as ever breathed didn't live long poor fellow but cut up remarkably well considering leaving his two nieces his brother's children to my charge with ten thousand pounds each as a wedding portion which i must say you didn't seem in a hurry to part with you know my conditions you have only to find a husband for julia i when she refused half the good-looking fellows within ten miles round if she does mean to marry she takes her time about it that i will say never seems to occur to her that she's keeping her poor sister out in the cold 
oh you may be mistaken cousin i spoke to julia only yesterday and she expressed herself in terms which convinced me that were she to receive a suitable offer she'd accept it well i'm glad she's coming to her senses at last and i shall go away all the more comfortable in my mind go away yes i'm off back again to cheltenham touch of gout liver queer ah besides my work here is done your husband's affairs which i confess appeared to me at first sight to be in a state of hopeless confusion are now orderly and satisfactorily arranged thanks to my young colleague harry parton who i must say worked like a nigger over them by and by he's another victim to miss julia's caprice and fastidiousness she actually snubbed the poor fellow before she'd time even to look at him much less know him well you'll confess he bears his disappointment with becoming resignation yes he's getting used to it like the eels he doesn't see the use of crying over spilt milk um, by the by there's another matter of five thousand pounds coming to the girls out of the hampshire property but barton will give you all the particulars i'm sure cousin i feel deeply indebted to you not half as much as you ought to feel to harry barton hasn't he been here twice a week for the last month up to his elbows in leases loans mortgages and the deuce knows what oh here he comes enter harry barton at centre a roll of papers under his arm a lawyer's blue bag in his hand which he deposits on chair bowing to mrs templeton your servant madam to colonel ah my dear colonel i hope you're well uh, but perhaps i ought to apologize for entering unannounced you may be engaged not at all i am aware mr barton how deeply i am in your debt but now that the business which served as your first introduction here is satisfactorily concluded pray remember my house is open to you as before barton bows you will kindly excuse me now a few orders to give courtesies and exit left hand at the same moment the door at right hand opens and josephine peeps in is the coast clear watching mrs templeton as she goes out she's gone at last runs in barton meeting her joe dear joe taking her hand which he is about to kiss wait a minute looking after mrs templeton she's quite disappeared now you may holding out her hand to barton who kisses it and now turning to colonel you dear good kind old uncle uncle is it or cousin i never know which don't you it's simple enough your mother's elder brother's second ha ah, never mind call me uncle well have you spoken to aunt martha yes have you broken the ice cracked it that's all and what was the result did she consent or not did she say yes or no why don't you speak why don't you say something how the deuce can i when you won't let me get in a word edgeways well then my poor young friends sorry i've no good news for you the old story over again miss julia stops the way and yet mrs templeton's pressing invitation to me to visit at her house is easily explained 
she doesn't even suspect that your affections have been transferred from her elder to her younger niece then you should have told her then there would have been an explosion yes which would have blown master harry clean out of the street door no no don't despair julia'll find a husband sooner or later sooner or later but what am i to do in the meantime yes what are we to do in the meantime i'm sure she's had plenty of offers but one was too young another was too old one was too rich another wasn't rich enough even poor harry here though he followed her around like a shadow and i'm sure made himself sufficiently ridiculous even he wasn't good enough for her ladyship it's downright absurd being so particular i'm sure i wasn't no dear joe you took pity on me at once no not quite at once i didn't jump at you but what what is to be done have patience patience haven't i been patient for the last five weeks five weeks and three days five weeks and three days oh such an idea such a capital notion listen julia must find a husband or a husband must be found for julia that's a settled point quite so well then as she sets her face against a young one yes as she sets her face against a young one and turns up her nose at a handsome one and turns up her nose at a handsome one to colonel she might find you more to her taste she might find me more to her seeing josephine laughing so miss saucy one you're poking fun of me are you then you'll be good enough to find another victim i mean another admirer for miss julia egad i must make haste to pack up or i shall lose my train come along with me little one good-bye barton keep up your spirits recollect you've still got me and me harry not yet but you will excellent colonel and josephine at door right hand dear josephine what a contrast to her cold insensible apathetic sister i who loved her so sincerely so devotedly made such a thorough spoony of myself i was even weak enough to believe i was not quite indifferent to her i confess i felt hurt considerably hurt infernally hurt but if she flattered herself i should be inconsolable she never was more mistaken in her life she little dreamt how soon i should find a cure for my infatuation in the charms of her angelic sister dear josephine and to think there's no hope of my calling her mine till we find somebody to call her sister his by the by here are a few papers i must look over seating himself at table and opening papers royston heard without very well take my card to mrs templeton i'll wait i'm in no hurry heyday who have we here enter basil royston at centre coming down seeing barton i beg pardon sir barton rising sir i be seated i beg not till you set me the example pointing to chair they seat themselves like me sir you are doubtless waiting to see mrs templeton no sir oh 
one of the family perhaps possibly a friend yes sir a friend he's very inquisitive royston looking at album what charming watercolours perfect gems they are the work of mrs templeton's elder niece are you an artist no merely an amateur and you a humble member of the legal profession a lawyer eh by jove here's a chance for me i've half a mind to he looks a very picture good nature and six and eightpence won't ruin me might i venture sir on so very slight an acquaintance to solicit your profession opinion barton bows it is rather a delicate subject a very peculiar subject i'm all attention sir merely observing that the sooner you begin the sooner i shall have done exactly then i'll come to the point at once i would ask you whether in your opinion a promise of marriage written under certain circumstances and under certain conditions must necessarily be binding such conditions being first and foremost that the lady should have her head altered have her head altered i mean have her hair dyed which condition the lady has not complied with no sir it is red as ever then sir i've no hesitation in saying that the promise falls to the ground thank you sir seizing barton's hand and shaking it aside and sighing poor sophia uh, may i inquire the name of my new client smiling royston the roystons of banbury yes banbury where the caves come from i was aware that mrs templeton expected you on a matter of business a certain sum of money i believe yes coming to the family from some hampshire property i imagined mr royston was a much older person i see you mean jonathan jonathan yes my brother the head of the firm he's twenty years my senior but as he could not spare the time to come he sent me it's worth the trial decidedly worth it looking aside at royston young gentlemanly sufficiently good-looking good family here goes excuse my candour but i think i guess your motive in putting the professional question you did just now you are the writer of the promise of marriage and you are desirous of contracting another alliance eh i don't care about it but jonathan does poor sophia perhaps uh, you have some party in view no but i am on the lookout and no doubt anxious to succeed not particularly but jonathan is perhaps uh, that is the object of your visit here huh? is there a marriageable young lady here yes i should like to see her nothing more easy what age twenty any fortune ten thousand that'd just suit jonathan pretty charming that'd just suit me egad suppose i try my luck i've half a mind have a whole one i've a notion you'll succeed but i know nobody here i beg your pardon you know me eh know me for years royston suddenly seeing barton's meaning of course i have 
ever since we were children. Babies. We went to the same school together. Of course we did. At Tunbridge Wells. Yes, at Bagnage Wells. And we have been friends ever since. Bosom friends. And you really do all you can to serve me? Of course I will. And myself at the same time. A thousand thanks, my dear. By the by, what shall I call you? Harry. And you? Basil. Grasping Barton's hand. Sophia might scratch your eyes out, but Jonathan will bless you. Hush. Seeing Miss Templeton, who enters at left hand. Sorry to have kept you waiting, Mr. Royston. I am here, madam, as my brother's representative. I am aware of it. Mr. Barton, allow me to introduce to you. No necessity for it, madam. Basil is an old friend of mine. Yes, madam. I little thought of meeting an old schoolfellow here. Royston, shaking Barton's hand warmly. Some years ago now, eh, Tom? Harry. Harry. So you were schoolfellows, eh? Yes, ma'am, at Bagnage Wells. Tunbridge. Of course, Tunbridge. You must have had some difficulty in recognizing each other. I had very considerable difficulty, I assure you. We should have met earlier, no doubt, but for my friend's lengthened absence in Italy. Significantly to Royston. Yes. Ah, charming country, for those who don't mind the cold. On a sign from Barton. I mean the heat. Mrs. Templeton, aside, and looking at Royston. Really a vastly agreeable young man. Enter Colonel at right hand. So Royston has arrived, has he? Seeing Basil. Hey, day! why, this is Basil, his younger brother. At your service, Colonel. You are acquainted, then? I was intimate with his mother's family, indeed. I may say I was the means of getting him a nomination to the Blue Coat School. Now this is deuced awkward. The Blue Coat School? I thought you said Tunbridge Wells. Royston, recollecting. Yes, that was before... I mean, after. I suspect these young fellows are playing some little game of their own. And what's more, I can pretty well guess what it is. Mrs. Templeton, to Colonel. As Mr. Royston is an entire stranger to me, may I ask you, Cousin Samuel, what is the opinion you have formed of him? Oh, a very charming young man indeed. Most respectable family. An ample income already, with great expectations from a couple of aunts and a godmother. A little while at present, perhaps, but he'll soon settle down when he's married. Ah, happy the woman who makes a conquest of such a man. There now, I'm in the conspiracy, too. Mrs. Templeton to Royston. Your friend Mr. Barton does not leave here till tomorrow. You, I hope, will also defer your departure till then. Barton, quickly, to Royston. Of course you will. To Mrs. Templeton. Of course he will. To Royston. You'll only be too delighted. To Mrs. Templeton. He'll only be too delighted. Ah, here's my niece. Going up to meet Julia, who enters at center. Royston, seeing Josephine, who at the same moment enters at right hand. 
Look, what a charming creature. No, no, it isn't she. It's the other. Look there. Pointing to Julia. There's a figure. There's a symmetry. Look at all those finely chiseled features. Yes, yes, but still, in my opinion. Looking admiringly at Josephine. Your opinion, indeed. Psh, what do you know about it? Josephine, aside to Colonel, and pointing to Royston. What? Has Harry found somebody already? Julia, my dear, allow me to present Mr. Royston, an old friend of Mr. Barton's. Julia courtesies stiffly to Royston. Barton, to Royston. There's a curtsy. That's what I call a curtsy. Yes, but as I said before, of the two, I prefer... Looking at Josephine. You prefer, indeed. Surely I must know better than you. To Julia. My friend Royston, a distinguished amateur of the fine arts, is in raptures with your sketches, Miss Julia. Julia courtesies stiffly again. Why don't you thank Mr. Royston, sister? Royston, aside to Barton. Oh, she's a sister, eh? Yes, a little harmless, insignificant schoolgirl. Still, I repeat, if I had to choose between them... Psh, my dear fellow, if you only knew what nonsense you're talking. Zounds, I hope isn't going to fall in love with Josephine. Sorry to interrupt, but my time is precious and business must be attended to. Mr. Royston, will you step into the dining room with your papers? Barton, you'll come too? Josephine, hastily aside, to Barton. I understand it all, Harriet, a very nice young man indeed, and likely to stand a good chance. Don't you think so? Where did you pick him up so soon? Hush, I'll explain everything another time. Colonel and Mrs. Templeton exeunt at right hand, followed by Barton and Royston. Royston stops, turns, and makes a profound bow to Josephine. Barton pushes him out. I wonder what she thinks of him. A very gentlemanly young man, Mr. Royston, don't you think so, Julia? I scarcely looked at him. That's not very encouraging. How do you manage to find so many admirers? I can't. Julia, smiling. Hitherto, perhaps, I may have had the lion's share of attention, homage, and professed admiration. But your turn will come. It's a long time about it. You're so difficult to please. And poor Mr. Royston, I suppose, will be snubbed like the rest. Josephine! Surely you don't imagine... That there is some attraction for him here? Of course I do. It can't be Aunt Martha, nor I. I'm only a child. Josephine, you speak as though you were piqued, vexed, I might almost say envious. Envious? I? Of what? <sighs> of what indeed? Ah, dear one, the privileges of an elder sister are not so enviable after all. What is often her lot? To be constantly exposed to flattery, adulation from the lips of strangers, compelling her to assume an extreme reserve in order to modify the exaggerated and, at times, indelicate encomiums of relatives and friends. What is the necessary result? Doubt, distrust, suspicion, nay, even prejudice, oftentimes unjust, against those who profess a desire to please. On this impulse I have acted, an impulse dictated by self-respect and a due sense of my own dignity. What a serious tone! But just think how cruelly, how unjustly you may have acted. 
and I'm sure as for Mr. Royston... Mr. Royston again? Silly child. Child? Perhaps I could mention a little fact that... But I won't. Goodbye to my secret if I did. Goodbye. Are you going to leave me too? Haven't I got to write out all the invitations for our ball on the 23rd? Your birthday? True. Yes, that is the professed reason, but of course it is on your account that it is given. Josephine! I know a younger sister's duty, Miss Templeton. Makes a low courtesy and exit, left hand. Josephine! Sister! Did she but know how she misjudges me? How heavily I have been punished for that pride, that apparent insensibility with which she reproaches me. Oh, Harry, Harry! Could you but tell how bitterly I have repented? But surely, surely the cruel, wicked indifference with which I treated his affection, his devotion, cannot have entirely destroyed them. Some little spark of the old flame must still remain. Else why is he so constantly here? Why does he still seem to seek my presence? At any rate, he shall see that I am no heartless coquette. And when this Mr. Royston presents himself, as I'm sure he will... Seeing Royston, who enters from right hand. I thought so. She's alone. She is decidedly handsome. Yet, as I said before, there's something about the other that... that... Bowing to Julia. Miss Templeton. Julia. Courtesying. Sir, the business matter in which you are engaged is, I presume, settled? Yes. The signatures alone are required. In that case, perhaps I had better... About to retire... One moment, I beg. He's decidedly very handsome. Still, I don't know how it is, but there is certainly something about the other that... that... Before leaving this house tomorrow, with my new acquaintance, I mean, my old friend, Barton... Mr. Barton leaves tomorrow? Yes, alas. I say alas, because one day only is now left for me to admire your physical attractions, your mental accomplishments. Oh, sir, believe me, my sister is far more accomplished than I am. Far be it from me to deny it. Still, from the highly eulogistic terms in which everyone speaks of you, your sister among the first. Ah, sir, dear Josephine is so amiable, so affectionate, so good, so loving, so angelic. She sticks up for her sister, that I will say. Still, there are certain attractions which we can all judge of by our own eyes. And who can possess them to a greater degree than Josephine? Such exquisite grace, such absolute perfection of form and feature. Her sister again. If we go on at this rate, we shan't get on very fast. Allow me to be frank with you. My brother Jonathan, but perhaps you've never heard of Jonathan, Jonathan Royston of Banbury, where the caves come from, well, he often reproaches me with being what he calls rather wild and fast and flighty. The only fault I find with Josephine, dear child. She is so giddy, so thoughtless, so excitable. What a capital match you'd make. <laughs> That's a pretty broad hint. And he, I mean Jonathan, says that the best thing I could do would be to get married. The very conclusion I have come to about Josephine. It really looks as if she wanted to turn me over to her sister. And having received the flattering assurance that my pretensions to your hand might possibly not be unsuccessful... From whom, pray? Doubtless from my aunt. 
Oh, no. From my dear old friend Barton. Mr. Barton? He? No, no. I cannot, will not believe it. I'm sure he will not deny it. And see, fortunately, he is here. Enter Barton at right-hand door. Miss Templeton, your presence is required in the drawing-room. Julia, very coldly, and seating herself at table. Presently. Barton, aside to Royston. Well, what news? All right. At least, if it isn't this one, it'll be the other. One of the two. What do you mean by the other? The little harmless, insignificant schoolgirl, you know. Confound the fellow. You first put the notion of marriage into my head, and I won't leave this house a bachelor. I'll marry somebody. I'll leave you together. You'll plead my cause, won't you? And pitch it strong, won't you? I shall be all anxiety to know the result. Because if she won't have me, I can fall back on the other. Don't you see? Shaking Barton's hand and runs out at centre. Barton, aside and looking at Julia. To have to plead the cause of another, when, in spite of me, her presence will recall the past. Painful, humiliating as it is. Your friend has left you, Mr. Barton? He has, Miss Templeton. But he has left an advocate to intercede with you on his behalf. A willing and an earnest one, no doubt, who probably has already furnished him with a detailed catalogue of my tastes, habits, pursuits, disposition. He's been blabbing. Surely he cannot have betrayed my confidence. The charge of betrayal of confidence should rather be leveled at one who, by his intimacy with a family into which he is admitted on terms of friendship, is enabled to study the characters of its members for the purpose of retailing the result of his observations to others. I will not affect to misunderstand your reproof. It is true that I spoke of you, to Mr. Royston, in terms which you fully merit, that I even told him your heart was free. Perfectly, absolutely free. You undertook to be his advocate with such zeal, such earnestness, one might almost imagine you had some personal interest. And what if I had an interest? A powerful interest? Indeed. Yes, and after this somewhat harsh rejection I met with at your hands, which no doubt I fully merited, what greater proof can I give of the esteem in which I still hold you than to confide my secret to you? A secret? What can he mean? That, on the eve of leaving your family, I should feel far less regret could I but indulge in the hope of ever becoming connected with it by a closer tie. Can it be? Has he forgotten? Forgiven? Can he still care for me? But why this silence, this want of confidence in me? Frankly, because we feared you would oppose our wishes, our hopes. Our hopes? We feared? Yes, she especially. She? Of whom are you speaking? Her name? Surely I must have mentioned it. Your sister. Julia, starting from her chair. Josephine! Yes, rejected by her elder sister, I sought and found solace and consolation in her goodness and sympathy. So, your frequent visits, your constant presence here, apparently so inconsistent with your wounded feelings, are now explained. It was for her, and I was to be kept in ignorance, to fancy, to believe, to hope. M Miss Templeton. 
I now understand this anxiety to dispose of my hand, this crowd of admirers thrown in my way. What mattered my feelings, my happiness? I was an obstacle to be removed. I implore you. Julia, stamping her foot. Silence, sir. Enter Mrs. Templeton, hurriedly at right hand. What is the matter here? Julia, what means this excitement, this agitation? To Barton. Perhaps you, sir? I am uh, as much surprised as yourself, madam. I venture to confide to Miss Julia my pretensions to the hand of her sister. Oh, what? You had the cruelty, the barbarity, to make such an avowal to her elder sister? Advancing upon Barton, who retreats. To lacerate her feelings, to wound her pride. Yes, that's it, to wound my pride. But, really... Silence, young man. I remember what my feelings were when my younger sister was married before me. I was choking, sir, suffocating, sir. I turned positively purple. All sorts of colours, sir. And here is a little pert forward chit daring to follow her aunt dorothy jane's example but here she comes enter colonel from right hand and josephine from left hand so miss advancing angrily on josephine a pretty account i've heard of you to mix yourself up at your age in a silly romance a nonsensical love intrigue but my dear martha mrs templeton turning sharply on him hold your tongue cousin samuel but anne if you only allow me but i won't allow you to julia keep up your spirits poor persecuted victim victim it seems to me that i'm the victim just as i thought i was going to be married and settled beginning to sob colonel tries to pacify her married and settled indeed a child a baby like you to barton after what has occurred sir you will see that your further presence under this roof barton bowing i fully understand madam mrs templeton to josephine come miss follow me josephine about to speak not a word it is for me to speak as you'll find i intend to do and to some purpose this way making josephine pass before her she and julia follow her out at right hand Phew, uh, here's a pretty piece of business not satisfied with rejecting me herself she carries her prejudice her hate so far as to hate ah nonsense by jove i have it at least i think i have what if she should feel a sneaking kindness for you after all pshaw but what about friend royston hang friend royston with all my heart but where the deuce is he waiting somewhere or other to hear the result of my interview with miss templeton in which you undertook to plead his cause eh yes and forgot all about it in my anxiety to plead my own what's that 
do you mean to say you confided to her the secret between you and josephine yes trusting in her generous nature and her sisterly affection i certainly did and a pretty mess you've made of it well i must find royston and let him know as for you as you've received orders to march the sooner you pack up and pack off the better hurries out at centre door at right hand opens and josephine peeps in harry are you alone quite alone hurries forward yes what is it such a discovery she's got one she who julia got one got what a young man shut up in a box in a box listen after being well scolded by aunt martha i followed julia to her room there she was with a little open box before her out of which she took something looked at it then pressed her lips to it and gave such a sigh you might have heard it here perhaps you did well then aunt called her and she hurried out of the room leaving the box on the table and then and then somehow or other here it is producing a small casket it looks as if there was a young man inside i mean a portrait doesn't it you've not opened it no that's for aunt martha to do surely you would not betray your sister's secret perhaps her happiness much she cared about mine didn't she aunt martha must and shall see it going barton stops her the box falls on stage and opens there there how clumsy you are barton picks up the box and then suddenly starting what do i see that's what i want to know it is a portrait isn't it yes no a mere fancy sketch nothing more taking miniature from box and hastily concealing it in his breast pocket be persuaded by me replace the box where you found it giving box to her mayn't i take just one little peep not that i've an atom of curiosity no no well if you insist on it i do not insist i beg implore of you very well josephine hurries out at right hand barton watching her out then taking miniature out and looking at it my portrait and what is written here reading from memory what am i to think can i dare to hope that her indifference was assumed that she ever loved me that she loves me still can such happiness be mine dear dear julia but sounds what about josephine poor little girl i can't marry them both what what is to be done walking up and down will anybody tell me what's to be done enter royston hurriedly at centre royston coming down oh here you are i couldn't wait any longer following barton up and down don't worry don't bother bother when i want to thank you for introducing me to this charming amiable family and to tell you i don't despair of becoming one of it what in a word i'm in love there's no mistake about it over head and ears in love what sir you persist in carrying on this absurd ridiculous joke joke yes sir i beg to tell you i'll not allow 
I'll not permit you to annoy poor dear Julia, I mean Miss Templeton, with your unwelcome attentions, sir, your absurd importunities, sir. Miss Templeton? My dear fellow, she's nothing whatever to do with it. It's the other, the little one. Josephine? Yes. My dear fellow, come to my arms. Throwing his arms about Royston who struggles. I congratulate you. I give you joy. Such a sweet, charming, amiable creature, brimful of talent, overflowing with tenderness. Come to my arms again. Embracing Royston again. Then you'll speak for me, eh? Speak for yourself. Here she comes. Enter Josephine hurriedly at right, stopping on seeing Royston. Mr. Royston? Barton, aside, to Royston. Now then, speak out. Don't be afraid. Put on a sentimental look. Royston, assuming a very lackadaisical look. This sort of thing. Miss Josephine, I... I... It's very awkward. If I only knew how to begin. Go on. Pardon my frankness, but it has been impossible for me to find myself in your charming society without being captivated, enchanted by your fascinations, your... I thought it was my sister who... So it was, but she wouldn't have me. That's why I... No, that won't do. No, that won't do. And you don't hesitate to address me in this language before... Pointing to Barton. Before my friend, my bosom friend, that I went to school with at Bagnage Wells, why should I? It is he who encourages me, who tells me to go on. You told me to go on, didn't you? Josephine, looking at Barton. But has it never occurred to you that you might have a rival? So much the better. I should make it my immediate business to sweep him off the face of the earth. Josephine to Barton. And you, sir, you can listen with perfect calmness, indifference. Have you nothing to say? Yes, have you nothing? Hold your tongue. Ah, who can anticipate events? How little do we know what a few hours may bring forth? Yes, how little do we know? Hold your tongue. In a word... What if circumstances compel me to leave England for a considerable time? A considerable time? Yes, for two years at least. Possibly more. Two or three years? Could I venture to hope that you would submit such a tax on your goodness, your patience? I should think not, indeed. She doesn't love me. Huzzah! What course is then open to me? One, only one, to sacrifice myself to the happiness of my friend. Royston, grasping his hand. Glorious creature. But what about your own happiness? It isn't likely you could give me up so quietly without some other reason, some other motive. I have another motive, which, for your sister's sake, you will respect. In a word... That portrait... In Julia's box? Yes. Well? Was mine. See. Taking out portrait and showing it. Yours? It is? Yours? It is. Then 
Then you are her young man after all? Yes, you are her young man. Of course, now I understand. Now I see it all. So do I. No, I don't. At least, not quite. Enter Colonel, hurriedly at center, singing as he comes in. See, the conquering hero comes. Victory, victory, everything settled. And now, my dear young friends, shaking Barton's and Josephine's hands, you can get married as soon as you like. Married? Yes. I had a devil of a fight for it, but I've carried the day. Aunt Martha consents. Julia consents. Everybody consents. I beg your pardon. I don't. I forbid the bands. Enter Mrs. Templeton, followed by Julia at right hand. Julia, aside, as she sees Barton. Still here. So, Aunt Martha, you've given your consent? And you too, Julia? Julia, endeavoring to conceal her emotion. Yes, Josephine, willingly, gladly. Can I be indifferent to your happiness? Smiling sadly. How bravely she bears herself. And yet just now you were so indignant, so angry with me. A momentary caprice, an unworthy jealousy. But no more of that. Kiss me, dear sister. Kissing Josephine and moving away. A tear. But you won't suffer long, poor dear martyr. Suddenly bursting into loud laughter. <laughs> Aside to Colonel. Laugh. Colonel, forcing laugh. <laughs> laugh. <laughs> I don't know what I'm laughing about. What is the matter? <laughs> you don't mean to say you've all been taken in. Did you think we were in earnest all the time? <laughs> Aside to Colonel. Laugh! <laughs> Josephine, I insist on your explaining this extraordinary behavior instantly. Nothing so simple. To Colonel and Barton. There's no necessity for our carrying on this innocent little jest any longer is there jest yes this harmless conspiracy to make everybody happy juliet dear it was to test your love for me that i pretended to be so very anxious to get married which i wasn't the least little bit in the world with a sly look at royston i mean i wasn't then my fellow conspirator mr barton fearing that your rejection of him might proceed from a preference for another joined in the plot but very unwilling for it is you, Julia, you alone that he has ever loved. You alone that he loves still. What is it I hear? The truth, madam. To Julia. May I hope, or must I endure a second refusal? I suffered too much from the first, Harry. Giving her hand to Barton. That's one couple, but there's room for another. To Mrs. Templeton. Madam, I have the honour to solicit the hand of your younger niece, Miss Josephine. With all my heart, Mr. Royston. That is, unless Josephine objects. But she doesn't. Giving her hand to Royston. You see, Jonathan will be satisfied after all. Yes, but poor Sophia. Hush. Aside to Josephine, and slipping the portrait into her hand. You'll put this portrait back, in its place. She won't care to look at it, now that she's got the original. 
the curtain falls end of first come first served by john madison morton